0: Hey everybody, this is Jesse Vergali. Before we start this episode, I just wanna say thank you so much for everybody that keeps on listening. It really is amazing to me and I can't thank you enough. What would really help us out is if you enjoy the show to go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Also, if you have a favorite episode, what would be great is if you could share it on social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Anyways, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Working Capital Real Estate Podcast. My name is Jesse Bergali, and on this show, we discuss all things real estate with investors and experts in a variety of industries that impact real estate. Whether you're looking at your first investment or raising your first fund, join me and let's build that portfolio one square foot at a time. All right. You're listening to Working Capital, the real estate podcast. I have a returning guest on the show, Michael Blanc. Michael is an entrepreneur through and through and passionate about helping people become financially free. He's the author of the amazing bestseller, Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing and host of the popular Apartment Building Investing Podcast. He's helped investors purchase over 7,500 multifamily units. And I've just heard now he is now controlling over 80 million in performing multifamily assets. Michael, how are you doing? Hey, Jesse, it's great to be here. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again. I was uh, gonna say at the outset, the way you start your podcast, let's do this.
1: <laughs> let's do this.
0: So how uh, how have things been? It's been uh, oh, I can't believe now probably uh, probably over six months since the last time we spoke.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of quiet. Last time we were like, oh my gosh, we haven't done a deal, and then we ended up uh, closing two and uh the last four months of 2020 which has been which has been great it certainly wasn't the year that we had anticipated it's quite a bit different we struggled quite a bit like everyone finding deals and you had to change things around with how you underwrote things how you get them on the contract uh, but we are very happy with the two deals we have there in northern atlanta which is a great market these are nicer assets and uh, as a result of some of the relationships we built in that area and they were uh, largely off market uh, where a lot of activities happening right now so very happy with that. We'd, you know, we'd like to continue doing that three or four deals this year, but we'll see what the good Lord brings.
0: For sure. So those deals there, you said a little bit nicer product would, uh, you know, where do they fall in the, uh, in the asset class range? Are we in the B territory or, or higher?
1: Yeah, it's still in the, in the, in the B, but you know, these are built in the early 2000s. So they're you know, B slash B plus. And you know, one of them renovations are actually have granite and stainless steel, you know, inside. I mean, that's, I wow. haven't seen that since my house flipping days, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was kind of neat to be able to put that kind of product in place.
0: I got to move in one of your one of your buildings. I'd like some granite in my kitchen. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's great to have you on just uh, just for listeners um you know a little bit of the reason we're having this conversation again so soon is we um we kind of delved into the syndication process the last time you're on. We talked a little bit about raising capital and um you know a lot the feedback was great and I thought uh, today we'd love to talk a little bit more granularly about the uh, the capital raise process and a little bit more of kind of what you've been working on over the past few months and and a little bit into the insight of quotations platforms and why yeah. why we need them and why we should use them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about raising capital last time. And it's really more about not so much raising capital, but intentional relation, intentional conversations with people uh, where, you know, you tell them about your apartment building investing and, and in the process you educate them about this this amazing class of investing class, which is better than the stock market. And a lot of people have never heard this before. So it's really a lot of one-on-one conversations over time, being more intentional with those relationships and then, you know, setting up a meeting with them, sharing with them a sample deal package, perhaps uh, continue to educate them, make them more comfortable uh, answering their questions. So by the time you have a a real deal in place, you can raise the money in days because you've already answered the big questions. And, and, and so the problem with, uh, and that's, you can raise $250,000, $500,000, $250,000, $500,000, even a million dollars in this exact same way. It's just a matter of conversations and networking and following up and referrals and that kind of stuff. But at one point you start, you, you, you face kind of a ceiling where if you're trying to 10 X your capital raising capacity and you've raised, let's say $500,000 and you've met with a hundred investors, with a lot of work, you're, you know, very rewarding, but a lot of work and like, well, how do I want how do I now raise $5 million? Wait a minute, I just, I just met with a hundred people to raise $5 million dollars how, uh, $500,000, how am I going to meet now with a thousand people to raise $5 million? And that's where it breaks down because you, no one, no human can meet with that many people. And so that's the problem. That's, that's what problem when someone has done a deal or two or three, uh, that's the problem that some of these more intermediate uh, syndicators have. And that's the answer to that question is, well, how do you do it? You've got to take the conversation online. You've got to start thinking about building an online thought leadership platform.
0: Yeah. That's great. And it kind of ties into, I don't know if it was our last episode or the one before, but we were talking about how zero to one is the hardest part. And I think we've talked about this a little bit too. And like that, that first apartment syndication deals, usually the, you know, the one you're like, ah, I don't know how to do it. I don't know who to call. I don't know how to raise capital, but once you finish that one, you're like, okay, I, f- I feel like I can do this, but it, you know, this is like part two in that it's like, okay, zero <laughs> to one, but then there's one to a hundred.
1: Yeah. It's um, like, it's like, it's exactly yeah. right. It's like zero to one really hard, uh, you know, and then going to 10, okay, I just repeat the same process. But then if I want to get to hundred, you're like, mm. oh my gosh, my existing process, my systems, the way I've been doing things no longer work. And so now going from 10 to a hundred is a whole new, a whole new ball game.
0: So if you were to start us off in this process, you have somebody that maybe they, like you said, has raised a little bit of capital has maybe JV on some deals. Um, you know, Take us take us from the start. Uh, you know, f- for that individual, where do they where do they go next? What's the uh, What's the plan?
1: Yeah, so we we developed this idea specifically for intermediate to advanced syndicators who have this uh, this need for raising more capital. It's quite a bit a different person than I normally attract. Yet somehow these people lurk on my list. So when we talk about platform building, they're like really really interested. Hmm. So we developed this idea of um, of the three pillars of platform building. And uh, so it's kind of a process and a methodology for for how do you attract new investors that you don't even know? How do you cultivate a relationship with them? How do you build a pre-existing substantive relationship with them? How do you then share them a deal so they invest? In other words, how do you turn them from cold lead you've never seen before into someone who invests fifty to one hundred plus thousand dollars with you? And for that, we have the three pillars of platform platform building it really starts there's three phases so the first phase is attract you have to attract that investor right because it's it's not like you're going to a a, a real estate an investing meeting and you just randomly talk to people what we're talking about here in the online world is putting something out there and you become a magnet okay Mm -hmm. you become a magnet where people can find you and they're attracted to you and they want to have a conversation with you so in order to build that magnet you have to attract people Right? In order to attract people, you have to do two things. You have to be clear about who your ideal investor is. We call them in marketing terms. Who is your ideal avatar? Mm-hmm. Uh, who who are you talking to, number one? And then you got to capture their information in some way. Otherwise, I can't have a conversation. If I have just blind visitors come on my website, I don't know who you are. Right. So the first part of the attract cycle is who is your ideal avatar? And this is why having raised money before is kind of important because you've had conversations with multiple people. Now you're not choosing, I'm going to talk to you. I'm not going to talk. You're talking, about, you're talking to anybody who wants to talk to you, but over time you figure out who your kind of ideal investors are, uh, who are kind of pain in the butt, who aren't, who are more likely to want to talk to you. Right? So let's say you're a doctor, right? You're a medical doctor and you get into the syndication business. Well, you're probably going to attract other medical doctors because it's, it's your story right mm-hmm. now. Are you going to attract, you know, an attorney here and there an accountant here, and there or a business executive. Yes. But your ideal avatar most likely is going to be other medical doctors because you share a story with them, and so the first step is to get clear on your avatar.
0: Got it. Okay, so that is uh, is number one in the pillar, and it's kind of just a lot going through my head right now in terms of you know how you cultivate that list, and I think we're probably going to get it in, into it now. Would you like to go over the three? kind of on a large overview and then delve into each one or yeah
1: that's 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 great <clears throat> so that's okay. the attract one you got to attract you have to track the, the, those investors then you have to develop a relationship with uh, with them and then you scale the, the business or the process so so in the attract one you got to be you have to figure out who your ideal avatars who are you talking to imagine you're you have you you're across the table having coffee with your ideal avatar what are they saying to you what do they want what are they afraid of? What are some of their maybe false beliefs? Oh, the stock market is the way to retirement. Yeah, okay, that's a bunch of horse manure, let me tell you, right? So what are they saying, hmm. right? What words are they using, right? And if you knew that, if you know who your avatar is, if it's a medical doctor, you know, you, know, you kind of know because of your own background, what your thoughts are around that, right? And medical doctors, for example, are they're, they're burning out in their jobs. They used to get into hmm. the medical practice and they're working 80 hours, 80% of it, which is filling out paperwork and chasing insurance companies to get paid. Who wants that? Right? So these guys are burning out. They've lost their love for the, for the work. So a medical doctor having that same experience who got out of it through multifamily syndications can now speak to the medical doctor. You know. And so that leads us to step number two, which is the capture step. Once you attract, you build out your avatars and you kind of figure out your brand story a little bit and you put it out there. i put out a blog. Here's my story. right? And, and you maybe build a, a, what's called a lead magnet or some kind of free download that speaks to your avatar right for example let's say you're speaking to retirees the the retirees biggest fear in life is running out of money in retirement okay and i'm doing this because my parents went through this process i tried to help them couldn't solve the problem uh finally i discovered multifamily syndications i helped i invested with them and five years later they're covering their living expenses and they don't have this problem anymore wow that's a great story Mm -hmm. right so if i'm talking to retirees i can now create a lead magnet the secret to never running out of money in retirement quote what your financial advisor won't tell you okay and you're like oh that's pretty cool so when someone actually comes to your website now uh, and there's maybe a pop-up or some window that says, "Hey, here's this cool little free download." And mm-hmm. if, if if the right ideal avatar comes to your website, they see that like, "I want that," and they'll give you my lead, my email address. And therefore, now I can start having a conversation. Now I'm building my list, and that is really the attract part. That's the first pillar is attracting the right people and then capturing their information a little
0: bit. So for those, I mean, that's great in terms of you, have somebody, you have some sort of free download, whether it's a checklist, a financial model, just, you know, something that they can download where you, the quid pro quos, they give you the, uh, the email, you give yeah. them value in terms of that uh, transaction. Are you, um, do you also recommend like some people don't have a website, but in today's day and age, you can do landing pages. You can go to convert kit. What is kind of your recommendation on, on that level? yeah i mean you need a website <clears throat> you need a website some
1: people already have a website some people don't but it's not a complicated website it's really a one-page website yeah. you know that introduces the idea of multifamily family asset class why maybe it's good, what are some of the benefits, then you introduce a team, who's a team, and then you kind of outline the process, and then there's a, hey, a next step, we'd like to have a conversation with you. It's not a really complicated site, and there's actually uh, uh, some, some that provide this, you know, for us, for real estate investors, and they give you some boilerplate copy, and we do it for our, our students as well. So it's not a very complicated process to put up a website, and erroneously, some people, syndicators, think that having a website is a platform, like, oh, I already have a website, I don't need a platform. You know, they'll go, oh, I'm, I'm already on Facebook, so I, I'm all set. No, it, you're not doing anything that I'm just talking about here. You haven't figured out how to attract investors. You certainly aren't capturing their, their inf- information, right? Because you're on Facebook or on YouTube or Instagram, you don't own that platform. I mean, they'll change the algorithm anytime they want. Yeah. And in the old days, right, Jesse, remember, see, I would put a Facebook post out so that all my friends could see it. And then mm-hmm. after a while, you couldn't see it until, unless you paid for it. I'm like, what is this kind of nonsense? <laughs> so I want to communicate out with my friends, but I can only, I can, they can, they'll only see it if I boost my post. What is that, right? And this happens constantly, it happens with Google as well. So I don't really own my contacts. I think I do, but I really don't email on the other is totally, totally separate because this email I own, if my email subscriber for some reason goes out of business, I can download my emails and go to another one. I have that conversation and contrary to popular belief, email is still the most popular way to, to communicate with people.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people miss that just because how um, ubiquitous all the social media platforms have become. We just think that, Oh no, no, that, that's where I go to see Michael. That's where I go to see this content. But from an ownership perspective, I mean, you don't really have to um, look very farther than, than all of the social media heads being called to Congress and and just like the idea of not knowing if you're going to be able to uh, have content there and, and the control over it. So I think it's hundred percent. I agree. Uh, even as from the brokerage perspective, the emails, there, nothing beats that. It, it's the yeah. control um, that we need, especially as brokerage brokers and especially as investors. Yeah. Okay, so we go from there. We have the attract. We have developed, so that that's part of your lead magnet. And then from there, we move into scale.
1: Well, we haven't talked about the develop yet because right okay. now, I just I just have people on a list. So I've okay. attracted them, uh, and I and they've come to me. So now I have their email. That's really all I have. What I don't have with them is a relationship. So I need to develop that relationship next. And the way you do that really is by serving that audience. You serve that audience usually with some kind of uh, high value content, free content that educates them and provides some kind of value. In this case, in, in real estate syndication, we're educating them about this marvelous class of syndications. What is it? How do you do it? What are some of the gotchas? What are the benefits? Uh, things of that nature. So you're educating them. In so doing, you're serving them because you're educating them about this asset class. And, and so what happens then when you serve them, you start earning their trust. Hmm. And it's not just serving. I used, to, I used to think when I put content out, I would just put content out and I figured, well, if I put enough content out, they'll do what I, what I want because yeah. they can read my mind. They'll invest with me or they'll buy some course or something. No, every piece of content has some kind of purpose to it. And when you earn trust with someone, here's the thing. If, if I can't convince you to take some kind of action, I can't actually help you. So you consuming my blog post or watching my videos all day long isn't really gonna change your life. Mm. However, if I, can, if I can tell you or induce you to maybe invest in yourself, or do something, only now can I help you. Therefore, I have to lead my audience down a path of transformation, but I can only do that once I've earned their trust. And the way you earn that trust is by, uh, by serving them. So really the, the, the first step in developing a relationship is to serve and lead them down a, a path of transformation. And in our case, we're obviously serving them by educating them about real estate syndications and we're leading them down a path to start taking money out of the stock market and into syndications.
0: Okay. Right on. So that is, I'm assuming, kind of moving towards this idea of free content, potentially a podcast, potentially an ebook, those type of things. Is that where, kind of where the path we're taking?
1: Well, look at this. And that's the next step under the develop, which is promote. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can promote yourself. So you're still developing relationships. And at the, once you have these things in place, once you have this core, what I call co- core platform in place, you have you have your brand, you have a lead magnet where you're capturing leads. And you have started producing content to serve the people that get on your list. Okay. That's kind of like your core, your core platform. At that point, you're, you have to get your message out to more people. And that's where we're in the promote step uh, of the developing part is because Mm. we're still developing relationships at this point. We're just getting, trying to get the message out to more and more people, but, you know what kills me, Jesse, is people start a podcast before any of this stuff is built. So they yeah. get on a podcast or let, let's say they're invited on a podcast, like even maybe yours, and you say, "Hey, how can people find out, find out more with you?" And you, And they're like, well, you can go to uh, uh, you can property uh, multifamily investment syndication capital xyz.com, which no one can remember. And even if they could, why would I go there? Because you just told me your story. There's no reason for me to go to the website. However, if you say, hey, I'm at so dot com, And I have a a special report on why, uh, on comparing stocks versus multifamily syndications. And I'm speaking to investors. They're going to go, oh, well, that's Hmm. very interesting. Now I'm going to go to their website. Okay, but you're wasting, people are wasting a chance to promote themselves without actually having a platform built whatsoever. So someone is dumb enough to go to the website. There's no lead magnet. There's no way to capture them. You just wasted a chance to be on your podcast, right? Because you, you typically don't invite people back every single week, maybe, you know, every once once a year or, or two or so. And the same yeah. thing for starting a podcast. If people start, I'm starting, everybody's starting a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. Well, that's great. But, you know, iTunes doesn't tell you who the listeners are, okay? So you have a bunch of people downloading your podcast and you have no idea who they are, right? So, So why start a podcast? We don't, we don't, you don't have a platform built, right? So what I do in my podcast is I shout out, let's say my free uh, ebook every single time. Hey, if you want to learn about raising money, go to michaelblank.com forward slash ebook and download my book called The Secret to Raising Money because that's my avatar, right? People Mm. go, oh, that's pretty cool. I just listened to you on a podcast and now they download my ebook. Now I have their email address and I can continue the conversation. They're still going to be listening to my podcast, but they're also going to get my email list, right? I can now upload the email into Facebook and create a custom audience, and now I can chase them on Facebook as well, right? You need an email address, and that just drives me batty that people start promoting themselves long before these other steps are done. Mm -hmm. But those are essentially the first two steps is attract and develop. And so developing really is uh, once they are on your list, you want to serve and lead them down the path of transformation. When that's done, Mm -hmm. you start getting the message out more, and that's a promote step.
0: Yeah. And I'm right in the face here because that was me, uh, (laughs) you know, a few months ago. And it's true because I mean, now what's, what's nice is it's a little bit more headache, but you can kind of back, go back to ones you've uploaded, put you know, you have to kind of redo it and then put a little blurb in because the one thing with podcasts for, I think most people know this, but for those that don't, um, a lot of the listeners are listeners that are listening to old episodes, right? If you first run into a podcast, you're, they're already at, you know, 300 or 400, whatever episodes in, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's unfortunate building this, you know, this podcast audience, Especially if you're doing really well, because now you're the idea of that you losing or had lost all those people you could have directed them summer. Okay, so we're in developing, we're in promotion. Are we still are we still in uh, the development section here?
1: Yeah, no. We 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 now we completed the two pillars. Right now, okay. we have attract and the develop uh, portion. Now the last one is the scale part of the leg, because you know syndication is really a multi million dollar business, and the people who treat it as a hobby are gonna to have to have a tough time. Also, when you're getting into platform building, you have to treat it as a business because things are gonna start costing money. Hmm. Every every business successful business owner knows they have to reinvest in marketing and sales. Makes a lot of sense, right? You can't just uh, do a one-time thing and put one single ad out there and and that's the end of it. No, you have to continue reinvesting.
0: Hmm.
1: And so the idea, the scale step really has two steps. It has It has the offer step, the revenue generating step, and then the reinvest step, those two. So offer slash revenue and reinvest because it doesn't serve you just to have revenue. It, you have to then reinvest that revenue in back into the, into the machine. The way this looks like in this indication world is your offer is your investments and you make money specifically off acquisition fees for example now you also make money off of distributions and a profit down the down the road but yeah. in the beginning distributions are really small and does keep the, the profit on. yeah and the profit is five years down the road so i i can't really fund my business which means that the act and there's the asset management fees also <clears throat> so yeah. you have those two fees that will that is your revenue that's the revenue side of things and so uh syndicators know this and they they say hey my gosh i know that if I do a deal, I'm gonna pay myself a $100,000 acquisition fee, $150,000, whatever. It's a pretty big number in many cases when you're doing mm-hmm. you know, four, five, $6 million deals. These acquisition fees are, are, are pretty good. But you know, rather than buying a new house with it or going on vacation, the smart business owner goes, hmm, I think I should probably invest in marketing and sales somehow, okay? And the way you invest in marketing and sales, typically in the platform building business, is you have to invest in your content creation. If you stop producing content, Jesse, if you stop doing your podcast, what happens to your leads? They dry up. They dry up, right? So you have to invest in your in your content uh, production. And you know, I, when I, f- I first started my podcast, I had a YouTube. And I did my podcast, and I started to hire someone to edit these. I actually edited my my own uh, podcast in the in the early days. I started a YouTube channel, edited my own videos, and that's great. Um, but it's not really the wisest use of your time yeah. as a syndicator. Probably not because your time is best spent finding deals and finding money, not Mm. uh, editing a video or making a blog post look pretty. So Mm. in other words, the reinvestment really comes in outsourcing the production and distribution of your content, not the creation of your content, because you're the creator. Jesse, people want to hear from Jesse. They don't want to hear from some lackey you hired. Uh, I don't (laughs) care where you hire him from. They want to hear you. So the raw content has to be produced by you. It it could be either a a raw blog post or written thing. It could be an audio snippet like a podcast, or it could be a a video. The raw content has to come from you, but the production of it, the editing, the formatting, uh, that can be outsourced. The distribution on social media and email, that can be outsourced as well. So the investment step really is to make it as easy as possible for you to continue producing content, which requires money. I mean, I I probably spend $20,000 a month on marketing and it's you know, and making it as easy possible for me to produce content, mm. uh, but it might cost two or $3,000 per month to yep. pay someone to make your content look good, to edit it and put it on all the different media channels, right? You create a single piece of content and you make it available on your blog on, the, you create a video out of it. You put a, uh, put it out on audio, you put it on social media, right? So the single piece of content goes all over the place that you can outsource and you should. And that's when the reinvestment step comes in. Without that scale step, your, your, your three-legged stool breaks down because I can, I can build your platform for you and I can get you to maybe create a single, uh, a, a single lead magnet and, uh, and I can maybe get you to do a blog post. But if you don't continue producing content and invest okay. in your platform that way, it will slowly die.
0: Yeah. I think you, uh, you touched on something that I don't hear often enough. And this idea that you are still the content creator. And I think sometimes like you were saying about editing uh, on your own in the beginning, sometimes, I mean, it's like anything, it's a good step to be, to kind of find your voice, kind of figure out what you like, what you don't like. But when people talk to me about, you know, uh, content, it's, you know, 80% commitment, you know, you need the other things in there, but the commitment's a big piece to continue to do it. And I think that once you do have Everything set up in a way that all you need to do is hit record. Your motivation will go way up. Any people that say, I don't know if I can, you know, have the commitment or I, I used to put out a, you know, a video a week and I you know, I don't feel it anymore. It's, I likely would, would see that it's somebody that's having to do all of, like you said, the production, the editing and yeah, nobody, you're going to lose uh, you're going to lose steam very quickly if you don't outsource all that.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's interesting when we put build, people in our platform builder workshop, these are all successful syndicators hmm. And uh, but they are not used to producing content, right? So they understand it up on their head that they have to produce content, but but they're not really content producers by the mm-hmm. time they're done in that 90 day workshop, they are in they are become content producing machines, and it's as simple as you know, put, overcoming your sense of perfectionism. Oh, I don't like the way I sound yeah. on podcasts, I don't like the way I look on video, I don't, I'm not a good writer. <laughs> And like one of our participants, he, you know, we'll call him Spencer because that was his name. And he put out this video <laughs> and he goes, this, this video sucks. And we're like, put this damn video out. Yeah. And he put the video out and he goes, Argh. and then someone reacted to the video, like on social media. And it was like, man, this is exactly what I needed today. Hmm. And he was so encouraged by this, right? I mean, when someone reacts to your podcast or leaves a review, you're like, this is great. You know, this is, you know, someone's huge someone trolls you of course you're like oh i'm going to am going to give up you know but the point is when when you see your content making a difference in someone's life yeah that really encourages you and this happens when you put content out it starts happening it's this perpetuating thing and you start what what people don't understand we tell them in the beginning and they don't understand it until until the end really hmm. is their their their, their 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 goal of raising more money you know as that is their initial goal mm-hmm. what they become to realize is that they actually develop a mission? It, yeah. it it turns into a mission because they're helping people become financially free by investing in, in real estate syndications, and they start to shift from I want to make a bunch of money to how can I serve people? How can I turn it to a mission? And and when that becomes clear to someone, it's a it it propels them forward. And when you and and again, this comes from when you notice that your content, whatever you're saying, doing, or whatever makes a difference in someone's life, you're like, holy crap! I'm I'm helping people. How yeah. can I do more of that? How can I help more people? And it shifts from a financial goal perhaps to actually a mission where you're trying to help people. And that's where, you know, I call platform builders. You know, Mm -hmm. they come in one way, thinking I wanna make a bunch of money, but really they come out as a difference maker. And that's really what platform builders are. They start making a difference in people's lives.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. It's really fascinating too, because you're absolutely right. The, um, I mean, trolls aside the, uh, you know, the idea of having somebody say on Instagram or whatever, and I can encourage you if you, if you enjoy the podcast to do so, because you will never get tired of reading those to, Hey, you know, saw this episode really helped me out with this thing. And it's a really big thing. Like we've all worked in our lives. There's something about when you get a compliment on the content creation, as opposed to say you do something at work, it's different because Michael Blanc has created all of this with obviously help from others. You know, it's something that you've put together and it's really the highest uh, praise for, for one of your listeners or viewers to come out and say, you, it really benefited me. So a hundred percent on that. So we are now in this last pillar here. And while well, I think you kind of put a bow on it for one, two, three. So now for the person that's, that's out there, what is, uh, what is the kind of the roadmap for something like this in terms of how you kind of get all this done. Um, and then what are the resources for them? You, you kind of alluded to the 90 day boot camp you have.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely, it's definitely a a process. So we've actually done this a few times. We've, we've kind of turned this system that I talked about three pillars into an actual, you know, 12 month program where in the first 90 days, you really develop your avatar. And, uh, and, and this is the only thing we do that's done for you. Because uh, I don't really like doing pe- stuff for people because it just makes them dependent, right. and, uh, and they really need to do stuff for them. However, in this in this in the case of technology, not everybody needs to go knee deep into technology, right? So we actually develop the entire the entire automations and the core platform technology. We actually do everything for the participant. What we do though is we turn it we uh, we, we give them the shiny the shiny new Ferrari, which is the, uh, the core platform, and then we hand them the keys, and then we show them how to drive the Ferrari around. So we actually showed them how to use it so that they know how to, how to use it, but they, if they hire someone, it all orients them on how to use their platform as well. So the, the first 90 days is really about developing their brand, their avatar, uh, the, uh, and, and developing that lead magnet, getting them to, to write that first piece of content. And a lot of people early on are resistant to getting to write. And we kind of now ease into this where we have them, uh, I guess, ease them into the writing process. So they do their lead magnet and then we hand them the automation and now they have their core platform done. The only task now is to get them to is to is to produce content. And Mm -hmm. so we do that through a 12-month, almost a mastermind, where we put them in small groups and training programs to get them to encourage them to produce content. And then we point them in the the right direction on how they might be able to outsource the production and the the distribution of that to keep them consistent as well. And then from that point on, we just uh, show them and help them how to promote themselves. And people take different paths. Some people decide that they just want to get booked on podcasts. Okay, well, how do we do that? Some people want to go YouTube. How do you do that? Yeah. Some people want to start a, a podcast. Uh, some person maybe wants to write a book, right? So there's different ways you can promote yourself. Uh, and so we provide different resources and point them in the right direction, right? So if, if you're going to go down a YouTube channel, we'll provide some basic training, but you know, we're not YouTube training experts. We're going to you know, point you in, in the right direction for that. Uh, so that's kind of the, yeah. that's kind of the process.
0: So just if we could delve into that a little bit, uh, you know, if somebody does go the route that, uh, you know, for myself, you're, you know, I'm in, on the brokerage side or so I'm doing, in a sense, still have a day job. So writing content would be probably the most time consuming. That's why I love video and podcast. Cause it, you can get on an hour, five minutes done. So I'm curious if you have somebody that goes down that route. So say somebody listening, uh, I want to go down the road of video creation, whether it's YouTube or, you know, wherever else. How do we get back to the loop of, the, of that uh, lead magnet so that the people listening to your content actually can circle back to the lead magnet, which means that you can generate that email list again?
1: Yeah, so the, the entire cycle goes like this. And, and, and there's, uh, people uh, tend to produce content in different formats. You have the written format, you have the video format, and possibly the audio format. So, uh, for example, if I make you write a blog post, you could really struggle writing your blog post because you're not really a natural writer. But if I say, hey, uh, Jesse, describe to me the process of investing with your IRA. You're like, oh, yeah, it's easy. Blah, 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 blah. so so it's easy for you. Well, then just do it via video. It doesn't really matter. The point is how you create your raw format doesn't really matter because, I mean, at this point – I, I mean, I can, I can speak faster than I can write as much as I love to write. I think I, yeah. I'm a pretty good writer now, but it does take a little time. So mm-hmm. instead, I can think of a topic, you know, how do you invest with your IRA? And, and then I make a few notes around what I want to say. Three points, four of the five easy steps to blah, blah, blah. And I just jot them down. And then I just record a video. Okay. It takes five, six minutes. I explain the process, five bullet points. I don't really think too much about it. Boom. <clears throat> it's in the camp okay now i give that to my and at the end i I, because hey if you enjoy this video watch this next video or if you enjoy this video download my free tool to help you calculate the the return on la la la, on the michaelblank.com whatever so i'm always suggesting something else at the end so on youtube i might suggest the next video maybe there's a series in place uh, or i might suggest a free download again it depends on what you're trying to do every piece of content has to have a call to action a single call call to action so You're producing a raw piece of content, but this is where your team comes in. And this is where you either have to do it yourself, which costs time or money. Those are the two levers you can place, right? So if you have, let's say, an agency where you can hand this raw piece of content, took you three minutes to jot it down, five minutes to record, you know, let's say 15 for round numbers. Boom. There's your, you know, then you you give that to your team and they now produce that content. And what they do is they turn into a blog post. So there's a writer that then yep. takes a transcript of your thing and, and actually makes your thoughts a little more coherent possibly. And then there's a designer that makes the blog post maybe a little pretty, uses some headlines, some bullets, maybe a picture here and there. So there's a blog a thing, the same process is used for email because you're going to send it out on an email list. Then there's a video editor, different person. Then someone's going to put the thumbnail on top of the thing that might be another person. Right. And so now this goes onto YouTube. Well, then you might have a teaser, uh, that you might put on social media, right? Mm. Being, you said, Hey, there's a 32nd thing a clip here. I put this video, i just check it out. Yeah. Right. And so there's a little teaser from that, uh, with a link to back to your blog post cause you want everything coming back to your, your home base where your lead magnet is. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't serve you to keep everything on social media. I could put the entire video on social media. Then no one would ever come to my website. Okay. Mm. A lot of people do that and there's a strategy for that, but really I want people to come back to my website and consume the content there. So there's some, anyway, So what I'm saying is you you produce, it took you 15 minutes to produce the raw content Hmm. and then your team will then put it into different media and produce that content, make it look pretty. And then they will distribute it on email, social media, LinkedIn, wherever that case may be. And that is a system that
0: really helps you become consistent in uh, in your content production. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that consistency in terms of, you know, the campaigns you run, you know, call it a drip campaign, call it, you know, the little pieces of information you're giving out, what type of, um, you know, touch points, what time, you know, is it once a month? Is it once a week? And then maybe as a follow up question, where do you find in that process is the most challenging piece for maybe new creators, um, you know, to, to get that content out? Yeah. First of
1: all, the frequency is weekly. Okay. That's it. and in the beginning the biggest challenge that people have creators have with with that is like holy crap i got to give i got to think of 52 things to say in a year like that's insane to me um and, it's, it, and it it is insane in the beginning however i can tell you once you become clear on your avatar yeah it clarifies what you say to them because you know what they're thinking you know what they're asking if you're, for example, you're on, on social or an email or any, you get questions on anything, any, anything you do, you get a question, well, how do you do this? What about that? And you haven't written a blog post or create a video on that topic. Darp, there's yeah. your topic. <laughs> and I used to do that, you know, for two and a half years until I basically started building up a, a, a library. And instead of writing a new blog post, I would just point them to something I did in the past. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you don't have to create 52 new ideas. Okay. In fact, I think if you create an archive of six months, it's very easy to then recycle that content either by simply republishing it as it was. No one remembers what you did six months. Even if they watched it, they forgot you did that. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe put a new thumbnail on there, new subject, or you can redo it. You can take your, your script that you created with your three bullets and go, that was dumb. I'm going to redo this and just reshoot the whole thing. But the, the topic of how do you invest in your IRA was a good one. I just want to do it differently. So it's yeah. not like you have to be so original. That you need 52 topics you listen to your avatar you recycle something and then you rip stuff off me off you or whoever on the internet yep. uh, that has to deal with you know, multifamily investing and so what's so-and-so writing about that's a pretty cool topic so you don't need to be original who cares about that right but it has to be in your voice to your yep. avatar and that's something that you cannot out or should not outsource
0: yeah. It's a really good point. And if there's any, if there's any time you're thinking about what type of content, I mean, it sounds like, you know, what we talked about in the beginning, you're talking about intermediate to advance, uh, syndicators or people in real estate, even at the beginner level, you've probably done one or two deals, any deal you have, there has been multiple questions you've asked how much, you know, what's the origination fee for a loan? Uh, what do you do in the case where you're trying to find property managers? What if, you know, all these things where those are all videos in themselves in themselves and you learn about it once you know about it exactly like you're saying, okay, here, there's a good five minute. What does it force you to do? At least in from, from my experience and probably yours. Okay. I thought I knew it pretty well research even further. Now I really know it. And then you're, that's the perfect video. And, and you figure that out. I think the, um, the biggest challenge without in lieu of having like a, uh, a 12 month uh, program with a 90 period in lieu of having a program like yours. I think the biggest challenge for people is, is that consistency, right? It's it's consistently doing something once a week.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. But it it, it even starts before then, right? Because you Mm. do need a lead magnet and you can only have a lead magnet if you're clear on, well, who the heck are you writing this lead magnet for? And then there's a little bit of technology involved to actually capture the lead with a form. And then if you're not engaging that person, in our case, you want to get them to schedule a call. Well, how do you do that? Well, you're going to have to chase them to schedule a call, right? Because if that lead does not schedule a call with you, you can't show them a deal. So it's kind of a useless yeah. thing to have. So it's, it's a, you know, there is some technology around that Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just aren't technologists. So the only option you really have is to hire someone. Say, hey, here's what I want, right? The, but what I can deliver to people is a framework. I can a checklist. You got to do these things. And then you can obviously attend our workshop or you can do it do it yourself. But the point is you got to check those boxes. And, and in the sequins I just I just talked
0: about. So I'm curious just because we do it for work and, and a lot of people, it's the buzzwords for, for all online content, the SEO piece. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard both sides of the equation. I've heard some syndicators say, listen, if you have a good enough uh, lead generation platform, whether it's through social media, whether it's through a podcast, I mean, it's, it's important, but it's not something that you should just focus on. What's your kind of stance on that and your experience with it?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, SEO is one of those advanced strategies, right? And it only comes after you're done with uh, developing and launching your, your core, platform. And then you got to decide, well, how am I going to promote myself, right? So we're going to develop and how do we expand and promote myself? And SEO is a component, but there's so many other things in that bucket, starting a podcast, getting on podcasts, yeah. YouTube channel, uh, writing a book, uh, SEO, uh, but there's also paid Facebook traffic, right? I mean, where the heck do you start? And the question yeah. is, you got to start somewhere. They all have pros and cons. You know, maybe if I love to write, I maybe go a book or I'm a, I'm a, I just love to interview people. I'll do a podcast. Uh, you know, I probably the most efficient thing you can do is paid Facebook traffic. It mm-hmm. is unbelievable, but it costs money. And the more money you throw at it, the more leads you get. It is an amazing thing. Facebook is just an amazing tool when you have a great lead magnet. Uh, yep. And and people, they, because Facebook tracks when someone clicks on that thing, and you can actually set up these pixels. The pixels, yeah, where, <laughs> yeah, pixels. That Facebook knows when someone actually downloads it, not just go to your web page but downloads it. Oh, yeah. this person clicked through, didn't download. This person clicked through and downloaded, and yeah. then what they do is they create lookalike, what's called lookalike audiences, where well, these five people all did it, so I know another hundred fifty million people just like that, and I'm going to show them your ad. Yeah, and it's amazing. Now, but again, it's expensive because you have to hire an expert. And I ran Facebook traffic myself. And I, at my best, I probably got to uh, break even, which is pretty cool. For every dollar you're spending, you get a dollar back. All right, it's pretty cool. But really, for every dollar spending, you spend, you kind of want two back, right? For sure. So, so you're most likely going to hire an expert to to run traffic. And then you actually have to pay for the traffic. So these are all advanced strategies that people can think of and, and, and like I said, people take different paths based on where they are in their business. Some people say, yeah, man, I got money. I just want leads. Yeah. Turn it on, let, yeah. you know, let go. They have no interest in in, in doing a podcast. i was like, this podcast is great. Yeah. So it
0: really depends on who you are and what you wanna do. Kind of feels like the Grant Cardone uh, avenue of just pay, paying for uh, paying for ads. But I'm I'm curious though, Mike, the um, the piece of just with the Facebook was that you paying for the lead Mac, uh, magnet directly in like a, here's the link to an, a free ebook and then promoting that through Facebook. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because if we're doing five hundred six B, we're not promoting a deal. Yeah. Unless we're doing a five hundred six
1: C. So yeah, you're always promoting uh, something. So <clears throat> Facebook loves promoting content. So promoting a blog post, and in that blog post, uh, having a pop-up for a lead magnet, for example, those click-throughs are super cheap, hmm. uh, right? You're going to spend more for an actual download. So there's different different ways to do it. Again, an expert is going to be able to guide you in the right way. Uh, the only downside of that strategy is it costs money.
0: Yeah, but I think the bottom line is, to your point, you know, you got to set everything else up first. There's no yeah, sense putting all this out there, no. um, you know, without having everything in place to capture everybody that you want to capture. I mean, it's a thing where you do one thing in sequential order. we talked about
1: 10 thing, different things you can do that. And people are like, oh my gosh, there's so many, I'm so overwhelmed, you know what? That, I didn't do them all at once. I, mm. I did them one at a time. Like I would have a, a, a focus for a quarter and I would launch my YouTube channel. Okay, so I would learn YouTube, get a few things and, and get that, I call this plate spinning. So you get this plate spinning, you know? Mm. And you got it spinning? And to keep the plate spinning doesn't really require a lot of effort. You just have to spin it every, you know, every agitate it for a while. Getting a new plate up though, that's kind of hard. So you get this new plate spinning and like, okay, I've got my YouTube channel, that's pretty cool. I got a little team editing my thing, okay, cool. Whew, now what do I do? Oh, I know, why don't I spend a little time on SEO? Because if I search myself, I can't find myself. So yeah. you hire an SEO person and you focus on SEO and you revamp your entire blogs to you know, SEO principles and you get that going and the team now has best, okay, whew, there's SEO, right? And that's what you do one. And so what happens is though, while you're doing one at a time, eventually you're going to have five plates spinning. You have five things that are all generating leads. Yeah. And what I love about the online world is if you keep the plate spinning with fairly little effort, they will keep spitting out leads and leads and leads. And therefore you can layer one lead generator over another, over another, over another. And you can really scale the business however you want, and and as a result of that, I mean, you have a a, a capital raise. Uh, you do a live webinar, you can literally have million dollars in the bank in like twenty four hours, like like we did, and it is staggering. Yeah, what that can do.
0: Yeah, and, that. <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that, that was a, oh yeah. I was just going to say that one hundred percent. That, uh, that uh, it it sounds amazing, and it's it's very. Um, it's very interesting how you kind of put that together in those, those three main pillars. Now, um, I'm just being mindful of your time here, but I did want to talk a little bit about something that I don't hear often talked about on podcast was, is that when you get to that stage where you have a few investors, um, you're, you're scaling, like you said, maybe the intermediate investor, these investor relation platforms or software, you know, whether it's Juniper or these other types of software where you're actually basically the platform to keep, Maybe somebody in an active deal having that relationship with people that are in invested with you—is this going to be after Section Three, and this is a whole different thing, or is this just a natural extension of these? Yeah, it's a whole
1: separate thing because it doesn't really have anything to do with
0: marketing per se. <clears throat> it has yeah.
1: something to do with the back office operations, uh, also in the realm of automation and workflows. Absolutely. Uh, but it doesn't have anything to do with the actual lead generation, nurturing generate It has, has to do with the, the back end. Essentially, when someone becomes an investor, you kind of go over to the investor relations part of the things. Also very important, though, uh, because how do you manage 10 investors is quite a bit different when you have 200 investors, right? Mm-hmm. You need something, automations, technology, something to make that uh, easier for you and, and improve the experience for your investors as well. And that's when those platforms come in.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I was just trying to think from the, you know, you do everything right. Now you have that, your, your problem isn't one it's 200. And then you're like, well, I need to, I need to structure that properly after that. Okay. Michael. Um, I mean, that was a great summary. It's every time I talk to you, I feel like we could do another hour uh, in terms of kind of the the next steps. If somebody wanted to look into this, uh, talk about the program that you're offering and just a little bit more information on you, what would be, what would be the best route?
1: You can find out more about the Platform Builders uh, program and the methodology. That I, I just talked about at platformbuilders.com. Um, so you can access some uh, some some information, some live training where I kind of go deep on this thing, uh, maybe with some graphics and some screenshots to kind of show you what I'm talking about. That's at platformbuilders.com. And then three times a year, we actually open up the workshop live because it is a live workshop. So depending on when you come to that website, you may have to get on a waiting list if you want, uh, or you can just uh, you know consume the training and, and think about it. Platformbuilders.com is that, that place.
0: Okay. Well, you have answered all the normal questions that we asked. So, nice. I mean, if people are out there, uh, check it out. Uh, we'll put all the links up to that. And yeah, if there's, if there's anything else, Mike, um, in terms of the program, just, just shout it out now, or, or, uh, you know, we can just make sure we have all the links and access. that's
1: no, it's all good, Jesse. You know, I really appreciate uh, you having us back in the show and I always enjoyed chatting with you. So
0: thank you so much. My guest today has been Michael Block. Mike, thanks for joining Working Capital. Thank you for listening to the Working Capital Podcast. My goal is to help individuals break into real estate investing, as well as educate experienced investors. If you enjoyed the show, please share with a friend, subscribe, and give us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us. If you have any questions, wanna learn more, or would like me to cover a specific topic on the show, please reach out to me via Instagram at gals or head to www.jesseforgali.com. My name is Jesse Forgally, and I'll see you back here for the next episode of the Working Capital Real Estate Podcast.